in this, I will attempt, I will attempt to develop gratitude for sadness. Gratitude for sadness. Isn't that something? Let me frame that intention with two qualifications. I will be talking about normal sadness, normal range sadness, about a sad afternoon, or sad mood that persists for a few days, maybe a week, like a stretch of heavy weather. Extreme sadness, extreme range sadness, like that caused by a major life event, such as the death of a loved one or by clinical disorders such as major depression or bipolar disorder are beyond the scope and power of this prayer and my care. Though I hope that these words adapted to your circumstance can help bring you some comfort. I will now begin. Let us give praise for sadness, and always, 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 to what is. Sadness. I'm stricken. I am sad. Something has gone wrong. Something isn't right. The failure of a plan. A failure. A sudden new awareness. Bad news. A revelation. An expectation secretly held, revealed in its disappointment. The death of an illusion. The death of a future. The breaking of a trust or a loss, letting go of something that was held, perhaps too tightly. Sadness is your friend. Sadness in part exists to mark these important and revealing experiences with itself with its own body. Emotions turn events into strong memories. Nothing is recalled more easily or sharply than something that made you feel. And the mildness or severity of that sadness marks the importance of the lesson to be learned by what has just happened. Something that made you very sad contains for you a very, very important lesson. So let us give thanks for that. Feel a little gratitude coming in. Week-long moods mark the experiences and lessons that give you the most light and insight into who you are 
what your values are, your sense of right and wrong, what you expect from people and from life, what you hold dear, where your boundaries are, where your sentiments are attached. In this way, your sadness and every time you have ever been sad serve your happiness and a future happiness greater than you have yet known. Your blue friend's sadness tells you that you have just received a great insight. Give thanks. Give thanks to sadness. Now, now, there, there. As tempting as it is to try and discover exactly why you are sad right now, now is not the time for that analysis of experience. No, that would be unkind. Now is not the time to think. There's time for that later, my dear. Trust this sadness to mark and to save that grateful lesson you have received. That's the job of sadness. Your sadness tells you now is the time to bring your energy and that love that you give back to yourself. Bring it back. What energy you still have. You will notice that your energetic field, that field that sustains your work, that energy you put out into the world has radically contracted inward. Just as your body and body language have contracted and turned inward. In this collapse and inward turning, your sadness is urging you to withdraw from the plans that you have made for today and give up your expectations as to what this day was going to be. Truly, those plans are impossible now. Something for a different person altogether. Indeed, they were made by a person different than who you are right now. And that loosens and slips the moral obligation of carrying them forward. Let them go. You are a different person. Cancel or postpone your plans if you can, if it isn't necessary work. Canceling them at the urging of sadness will slow down your life to the speed of gentleness and create the space you need to rest. Sadness, sadness your friend, wants you to slow down and to rest. You need rest. Listen to it. Don't fight it. You may have some obligation to the people that you made plans with 
an agreement, a trust. So tell them. Tell them that you're sad. That you're feeling a little blue. Be honest. There is no shame. Sadness and shame are different. Sadness and shame are two different things. Sadness itself contains no shame. It's not intended to be a secret. While sadness is felt and experienced inwardly, sadness is written on our face, our voice, our words, and all across our body to be seen outwardly because our sadness is meant to be signaled and communicated to others and to everyone. People are supposed to know that we are sad today. Sadness calls out. Sadness calls out to your people. It is a social cue, a signal that you need extra help, love, and attention today from your friends, family, and co-workers, from the whole community, that some of the energy and love you normally turn out to others and the world needs to be returned, needs to be given back to you today. If you let people see, those of your true friends will come forward to help you. They will see your face and their heart will go out to you. Love will rise up in them. They will see your sadness and love will rise up in them. Though I should say, not all of your true friends will be available right now, this day. They may be overwhelmed with their own problems right now. But some will be ready and come forward at your call. And sometimes it will be a stranger that will help you. In acknowledgement that all people do feel some responsibility toward each other even strangers. Now, it can be hard to cancel plans and agreements, let go of expectations. But if you can be honest with the friends with which you made them, that unashamed honesty and identification and closeness and care and love contained in that confession may bring that connection that was the true intention of any plan. Showing them your sadness will deepen the relationship and perhaps be the relationship breakthrough that you were seeking for all along. 
and showing them will add to their emotional safety with you. They will know that they too can be sad without shame. They might not know that. They might not know that. But everyone gets sad. Everyone has loss and disappointment. Everyone. Loss and sadness is universal. And a universal connector of us all. Now that you're sad, you may find yourself capable of connecting with different people than before. People that you couldn't connect with before. Sad people. And sad peoples. And sad stories. And sad history. And sad movies. And sad music. And sad art. That you may have avoided because unconsciously you feared and avoided a confrontation with your own sadness. Connect with sad people and sad stories and sad art now. And their sadness, their sadness mixed inwardly with yours will bring you to the threshold of that crying, sobbing, cathartic breakthrough that you need right now. It will bring you to release and the empathic connection that you forged in that moment will continue and will grow through the gift of shared sadness. Sadness connects us. Thank you, sadness. Thank you, sadness. In your sadness, you will feel yourself receding, drawing away from the interests that define you and the passions that move you. You'll be unable to think, to be very interested, and disinclined to move very much at all. You will disconnect for a time from those goals and aspirations that drive you and your hectic pace of life, even as you recede from your face and extremities down into the deepest parts of your body. The little that you will do will be within a narrow domestic circle, quietly and very slowly. Sadness haunts you and restricts you to the activities of reading and napping, watching your favorite shows and movies, listening to your favorite music, stretching, taking a slow walk, sitting a long time with a view, tending to plants, 
watching the world go by from a place of stillness, bathing, lying on grass, resting, sleeping in, and just being, slow, gentle, vegetative being, just being. This is all we can do when we're sad. This is all sadness will let us do. But suspending self-judgment and the shame at not being productive or competitive or performatively happy for a day or two, aren't these things all that we want in this time? Isn't sadness giving us all that we want and want to reintroduce into our lives? As we race faster and faster in life to accomplish more and more, taking more and more away from ourselves in order to give more and more to effort for work, effort for work and performativity, we can't seem to stop. And as the world gets faster, Aren't these things, the things we yearn for? Slowness, stillness, simplicity, essentialness, gentleness, rest, states of no mind, empathic connection, sweet tenderness. Aren't these the things that have come to represent to us self-care? self-acceptance, self-love, humility, and healing. Such gifts. Your sadness in temporarily disconnecting you from your ambition makes thought and overthought impossible for a while. Sadness protects you from them for a time. Thank you, Sadness. You define a period of rest and healing. As we reflect on this, we might even feel an element of gratitude enter into our relationship with who or what made us sad. We might feel a little gratitude to them. For aren't they, aren't everyone parts of God and therefore agents of God's love?
the pain of sadness comes solely from the rejection of sadness and who we are when we are sad. It comes from not acknowledging its many gifts, but, but if we accept sadness and accept that we are sad today and maybe tomorrow and as long as we need to be, if we stay with that sadness and follow that sadness to where it leads and give that sadness what it needs, slowness, rest, gentleness, connection, that sadness, your sadness, will become indistinguishable from its nearest and closest emotion. That sadness will become tenderness, slow and sweet, gentle, tender love. Thank you for these gifts. I wanted to reject you, sadness. I wanted to fight you, to deny you. But by these gifts you show me that you are love. I embrace you, sadness, with my love. I embrace my sad self with love. I embrace God with love. Face my can see, suspect, dimly, through a glass darkly, that much of what seems bad may be part of the love, too. Oh, mystery.